everybody, this is pro wrestling legend Jim Cornette, and you're listening to The Rough House. Behold, a podcast for the ages, recorded live from the interdimensional terror vortex of their subterranean dwellings comes the Rough House Podcast version 3.0. Two galactic warriors put down their war hammers and battle axes to perform a more noble task, complaining about professional wrestling on internet purchased microphones. Now with more Simpsons references and Kota Ibushi thirst. This is the Rough House Podcast with Marty and Christoph. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Rough House Podcast, episode number 310 for January 22nd, 2023. Hello, I am Marty. And I'm Christoph, and uh, appreciate you guys listening to this here humble little podcast in our Baltimore area basements. Yes, exactly. Um I mean, there's there's no fun way to segue uh, into what is undoubtedly the top story of the week uh, in the world of pro wrestling. So I'm just going to go ahead and hit the music, and we're we're going to go right on into it. Reach for the sky, boy. Oh, man, on Tuesday, uh, January seventeenth, uh, word started to go around the internet a about a car crash uh, in Laurel, Delaware um, at 530 Eastern and uh, very quickly word started to spread that uh, one of the two individuals who was killed in the crash was Ring of Honor star Jay Briscoe, uh, real name Jamin Pugh. Um, He died Tuesday evening, as did the other driver. Uh, Also in the car were uh, his two daughters. Um, It is believed he was taking them to cheerleading practice. Uh, And um, the head on collision, head on collision between two, you know, four by four trucks. Yeah. Two Um, big pickups. Yeah. And uh, again, both uh, both drivers passed. So, you know, this isn't just a story of the the death of Jay Briscoe, but uh, it it goes without saying this was uh, an immediate shock to the world of professional wrestling, Uh, an immediate shock to, well, both of your hosts here. Yeah. Um, Jay Briscoe, uh, 38 years old, uh, just about a week away from his 39th birthday. Mm. Um, He was an individual who went literally almost everywhere and did literally almost everything you can do in the world of pro wrestling alongside his brother, Mark, whose birthday was uh, Thursday of this week. Mm. Uh, he's a year younger. Um, and what an awful uh, birthday present it, it must have been yeah. uh, to, to have to deal with this. Um, you know, to talk very early on uh, about, uh, you know, the, the situation of the family. We'll, we'll talk a lot about Jay's career, obviously, in the next few minutes. But um, it was uh, his daughter, Gracie, and daughter, uh, Jaylee, who were in the car. Um, Gracie suffered a broken back and had to have surgery. Um, Jaylee uh, had some serious injuries as well, but less so than, than Gracie. Um, mm-hmm. Word as of this recording uh, is uh, things are actually moving uh pretty in a positive as positive a direction as it can uh given the situation gracie she who had the um the the back surgery there was some concern that she would not uh be able to uh move her legs um she 
uh, started having feeling in her lower extremities on Saturday um, and was actually able to feel her thighs. She's able to make small movements and able to uh, get into and out of a wheelchair. Uh, so Good. You know, some some positive things there. Um, in the case of Jaylee, uh, she uh, was fitted for feeding tube, but that was taken out on Saturday. So she is, uh, you know, obviously um, progressing well as well. Um, yeah. You know, it's an incredibly nightmarish experience, uh, even if yeah. it was just the level of injury that occurred. Um, I, I can't even imagine what it's like, you know, for the Pew family to to have, uh, you know, the, the husband, the father uh, gone. Yeah. Um, let alone. Having right. And dealing with all this. Yeah. Dealing with yeah. all this on top of it uh, is, is just a scenario you don't even wish on your worst enemies. Um, but in what I feel like is uh, unusual for for the world of pro wrestling, there's been an, an intense outpouring of, of positive emotion toward Jay, toward his family. Um both performers who have worked with him, performers who maybe didn't work with him and, you know, felt the need to acknowledge what Jay and his brother Mark have achieved in the world of pro wrestling. Uh, they they yeah. had a lot to say. Uh, and it started on Tuesday. Uh, NXT, um, there was supposed to be a segment where, uh, and you, you can you can get the joke and you can understand why it was not the right time. Uh, the New Day who have been working NXT are in a feud with Pretty Deadly. Pretty Deadly lost a uh, NXT tag title shot the week prior, uh, and the idea was they were going to hold a funeral for the mm. tag title shot. Right, um, right. Understandably, they, they nixed this literally minutes before the segment was supposed to occur because word was getting out, uh, official word was getting out like during the NXT right. program. Um, you know, I, I, the word started getting around at like seven, seven thirty that people thought this was Jay. It really wasn't confirmed until eight, eight thirty when Tony Khan, uh, put sort of the official word out there. Um, so not only did they nix that segment appropriately so, but, uh, in what I thought was a very classy move, uh, they actually had, um, and, and I feel terrible. I don't know the name of the other gentleman, but it was Booker T and, and the, uh, other NXT commentator, um, speak positively of the life of, of Jay Briscoe and, and, and send their condolences and positive thoughts to, you know, friends, fan, uh, friends, fans, family, all of it. Yeah. Um, and uh, that actually continued on SmackDown on Friday um, during a, a tag match with uh, the, the Viking Express. Uh, they were wearing wrist or no, wristbands, armbands that said Dem Boys. Uh, and Michael Cole took a time uh, to you know, send his condolences uh, to the family and friends and so on. And yeah. Briscoe, which again is, is not, is not common to this degree. Um, right. Especially for somebody who's never stepped foot in WWE ring officially. I mean, they may have had a tryout or something. Yeah. They, they definitely had some tryouts and uh, there, there was a period of time where it looked like they were going to sign yeah. uh, with WWE, um, which, which kind of dovetails into um, what did it slash could not happen uh, in the world oh, of AEW, boy. obviously yeah. Jay Briscoe and his brother Mark were two of the top talent talents signed for Ring of Honor, especially this Tony Khan version. Mm -hmm. I mean, as we will talk about, they were day one Ring of Honor talent. 
they've never left. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Uh, the the most that occurred was there was like a three month period where Jay had a uh, uh, um, uh, contract Surgery. issue oh. with with uh, Ring of Honor and, and and there was a period of time where uh, Mark was out due to injury so Jay decided okay I'm going to be out as well but they were always Ring of Honor originals they were the constants man exactly uh, and. Because of, and there's no other way to put it, some frankly abhorrent comments Jay made in 2011 and 2013 on Twitter, Warner Brothers Discovery would not allow the Briscoes to be on AEW television. And, you know, this changed plans for AEW. Uh, There's an incredible story in this week's Observer. I'm I'm just going to go ahead and say it. If you've ever been on the fence about signing up for the Observer, um, the the main story in this week's issue that Dave Meltzer put together about the life and times of Jay Briscoe is worth the read, if just because of the number of on-the-record comments he got from people like uh, Frankie Kazarian and Matt Jackson and Ian Riccoboni and Carrie Silkin, you know, yeah. all, all of these great people. Um, they talked about how the original plan for the AEW tag team division was to build around the Bucks, Santana Ortiz, Lucha Bros, but most importantly, the Briscoes. Yeah. And very quickly they were informed that they would not be allowed to sign them. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I mean, the Warner Brothers Discovery thing is, has gotten even more uh, fucked because yeah. of what Tony tried to do in terms of a tribute that got nixed by Warner Brothers Discovery. But the fact that, you know, I understand somebody's past, um, you know, influencing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, influencing somebody's employment opportunities. I, I, sure. I understand that. Sure. Um, but maybe, you know, and by all accounts, and this is, you know, this was the outpouring of, of, of outrage and support of Jay that came out on Thursday in lieu of the news of Warner Brothers Discovery not letting this uh, on-air tribute happen, is that the guy, Jay, felt genuine remorse for his comments and spent years, you know, with that over his head. As like a dark cloud that you know never really left, and he's you know tried to atone and and be better, and he yeah. improved himself, yeah. um, you know, which that's admirable, and the fact that that wasn't even taken into you know consideration. Uh, I mean, look, there are people uh, on AEW uh, weekly that have some very has said some very awful things and. Yeah. Oh, hey, just go to some sensitivity training, but we'll pair you with the top star in the company and you'll be yeah. featured for, you know, three years of the show. Um, so, you know, uh, there's definitely some kind of double standard there. I mean, it, you you don't have to go far on Warner Brothers Discovery programming. I, I don't mean to, to turn this into a, a Ezra Miller bash uh, sesh. Uh, well, not just him, but Warner Brothers Discovery as a whole, um, especially because I, I want to take the time to, to talk about the career of Jay Briscoe. Yeah, but. The minute that Dynamite went off the air on Wednesday, a show where they were told they could not have uh, a celebration of life for Jay, uh, a 10-bell salute for Jay. They had to record the separate show Wednesday night after Dynamite, after Rampage, 
They had to film it as its own separate thing. And, and word is it's very, very good. And, and it's going to be on uh, both the Ring of Honor streaming service Honor Club. And it's going to be on Ring of Honor's YouTube for free. So when that goes up, absolutely check it out. Um, the minute that Dynamite went off the air, you have what's it? Global Slap League or whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah. And you have Dana White as the face of the show. Mm hmm. And you have Dana White talking about how, hey, you have a problem with someone? Guess what? On this show, you get to slap the shit out of him. And this is a man who two weeks ago was caught on tape slapping his wife in a public place. Yeah. Yep. It delayed the show. Yeah. But they pushed the show back. Yeah. They still air it. You just got to wait for the news cycle to to reset. And then, uh, you know, then it's not a big deal. Yeah. And, yeah, and you can no. sit here and say, okay, Dana, you know, took the time to say, hey, look, I fucked up. All right, cool. You fucked up. Awesome. This has been 12 to 10 years worth of atonement for Jay yeah. Briscoe. This is a guy who, God-fearing, the, though he may have been, uh, spoke in a way that, hey, you know what? I'll just put it out there. Some people in this country, I'm sure, didn't disagree with what he said and how he said it. Yeah. But he took the time to recognize why what he did was wrong. He took the time to recognize how to improve as a person. You don't need to look very far, whether it was a comments from someone who shared a locker room with him, who is part of the LGBTQ community, like an Effie, mm-hmm. or the incredibly in-depth comments from Ian Riccoboni in The Observer. Ian Riccoboni, who, in addition to being Ring of Honor commentator, he literally teaches classes on... Uh, on, on sexual health and sexual knowledge at a community college. He is, he is is more than just an ally. He is someone who he talked about how he'd have these conversations with Jay and Mark and Jay would be like, I saw this. I'm, I'm not making this up. This is almost an exact quote. I saw this f- term on Facebook. Sis, what does that mean? Right. That this guy who admittedly like corn pone is fuck. Like he yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, there there was not a lot of difference between the Jamin Pugh behind the scenes and the Jay Briscoe on screen when he and Mark would do their promos from the, the chicken farm and all that. Like, mm-hmm. he, he definitely was, uh, though from Delaware, he was a southern boy. You know, he was a girl boy. Yeah. But that he and his brother were taking the time to, to try to understand worlds that they did not belong to and, right. and embrace that there needed to be additional acceptance and all of that. That guy can't be on TV. Yeah. Meanwhile, fucking JK Rowling's on Twitter every fucking minute about, you know, how terrible trans people are. Mm-hmm. And you have Harry Potter movies on every week. You mm-hmm. have Harry Potter trivia shows. You have a 20th anniversary reunion. reunion. Yeah. You have a fucking video game coming out in like six weeks. Like, that's cool. That's fine. Yeah. But 10 years ago, Jay fucks up three times. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously not fair to compare Jay Briscoe and J.K. Rowling for, for many reasons. I, I, I recognize. But I, I mean, but you, even, you I, even said also Ezra Miller. Ezra yeah. Miller literally fucking fighting people. The, fighting he, people. He, was a, he was a greater deterrent to positive vibes in Hawaii than actual hurricanes over the past few yeah. years. Yeah. And that's okay. 
unfortunately with Jay Briscoe, it I I feel like things worked against him otherwise. One, he's a pro wrestler. Yeah. Two, you know, he spoke with that thick accent, and I feel like that scares people. Yeah. On a you know corporate level, um, and you know, there's probably some kind of I don't know if it's uh, class or appearance bias, uh, maybe a little bit of both as well. Probably all of it. Yeah. Probably so, all of it. you know, and I'm not justifying Warner Brothers decision no. by any means. Uh, I'm just trying to I don't know. And maybe it's also, you know, there there's. So a lot of times when wrestlers die. It's I don't want to say it's it's easy to just sort of move on. You know, you just kind of go like, okay. Oh, hey, Mr. Perfect. Man, he was great. That sucks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No no personal attachment. This this one stuck on me a little bit. Yeah. And maybe it's, you know, Laurel Delaware ain't that far away. Maybe it's because I've known guys like Jay in my life, you know? Mm -hmm. People who... You talk to them that first time, you're like, okay, they're a little rough around the edges. But yeah. you get to know them, it's like there, there, there's a there's a warm beating heart in there. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because we're the same age, you know. Yeah. Born in '84, I was born in '84. Maybe it's because you know to to talk about the career, I I've literally watched from their rookie days. Yeah. The Briscoes. And I don't know. It it just seems so unfair. That I can sit here and, and, and again, we'll, we'll talk more about the career in a minute. But I can sit here and be like, Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions, IWGP Tag Team Champions, NOAA's GHC Junior Tag Team Champions, Impact Tag Team Champions, uh, you know, CZW Tag Team Champions. Yeah. You, you name a place they've been, they've been Tag Team Champions. And sure. They have never were able to say WWE or AEW. Yeah. It sucks. It absolutely sucks. Because, I mean, just imagine the, you know, alternate universe where Tony Khan's plans, you know, came through and we got, you know, I mean, Briscoe's and Bucks, one of the greatest tag team rivalries of all time. I mean, Mount yeah. Rushmore for sure. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, and, and, and Mac Jackson will agree. Again, going back to his comments in The Observer. Yeah. He said between them and the Lucha Bros, it was 1-1-A. Like, yeah. those are the guys. And, I mean, they've only been fighting the Lucha Bros for, like, what, three years? Right, right. <laughs> they've been fighting the Briscoes for 20? <laughs> right. More or less, uh, off and on. But anytime, I mean, I feel like that was the, kind of the the old standby for Ring of Honor in those days. Oh, shit, what are we going to do with our tag division? Well, we'll just put the Bucks and Briscoes out there. Yeah. And they'll, they'll do their thing. And, and every worked, time what? I saw it, and I saw it a lot of times, every the, the time it first, happened, it was fantastic. The first pro wrestling show you and I went to together. Yeah. Uh, though yeah. we, we undoubtedly have been at the same pro sure. wrestling shows. But the first one you and I went to together was Best in the World to, uh, 2018. Mm-hmm. And one of the big matches was the Briscoes versus the Young Bucks. Yep. And not only was it a great match, but one of the most indelible memories I have was the motherfucking Briscoe section. Oh, yeah. No, they was, travel strong. <laughs> they, they travel strong. And and that's been a thing since they started yeah. in pro wrestling. Fucking Laurel, Delaware yeah. shows up, man. Like small town, yep. tight knit community. They're like, oh, you're you're going to be an hour away. Awesome. We're going to hop in a car. Yeah. All of Head us. down 95. Boom. Yeah. And we will be there. And yeah. and it added just an edge of 
excitement and honestly a little bit of fear to every single briscoe match yeah i mean because there's always the you know the, the thought in the back of your mind that oh man if shit goes awry these guys are going to take the entire uh take over the entire damn arena right right so to to talk about that career uh the, the first time i was exposed to the briscoes was in 2001 um my uh my buddy adam was one of the first people to get me get me into tape trading he got a tape of CZW's first best of the best tournament. So that would be okay. May, June, 2021. And that was them just being like, all right, we're going to do a super tournament with a whole bunch of, you know, flippy dudes. And we're going to fly in like one or two guys from Japan. Cause they had a connection with big Japan pro wrestling and, was, and all that. Was that not the one with uh, Chris Penn and um, Eric Roberts? <laughs> it was not, it was not no, set different, different one, different okay. best of the best, but they had <laughs> Jay versus Mark. And it was okay. the first match it had against each other. And it's literally this, if I was 16, 17, then it probably was, you know, a 17 year old Jay yeah. and a 16 year old Mark. And they clearly had been watching the same tapes I had as they right. go out there and have this 20 minute match where they're just like, they're doing tiger drivers. They're, they're doing orange crushes. You know, they're, they're basically just dropping bombs on each other. And it sure. was the craziest fucking match I've ever seen. And you know, that turned into like, okay, well, I want to see what those guys do. And, right. you know, you you hop on uh, the early days with Kazaa, like you find music videos of matches because that was that was the easiest way to find matches on the internet because, you, you know, the idea of downloading a full 20-minute match sure. was insane. But yeah. three-minute highlight reel? Fuck yeah. Yeah. So it was like uh, the two of them and this guy, Rick Blade, who, uh, God, that guy never went anywhere, but... CZW pushed him like he was a fucking king, but it was the Briscoes and Rick Blade against the Amazing Red and the SATs, and they're just doing these spots that, you know, I couldn't have dreamed of. Yeah. Then 2002, Ring of Honor spins up. I know we didn't go to the first show, but we went to one of the first few, but the story was, you know, Jay is one of the, the undercard guys on the way up, and they're giving him spots against, you know, notable talent so he can build his name. But Mark, because he's not 18 yet, he can't legally wrestle in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. So they build to this match. They do a show in Boston. Well, guess what? Boston, it's different. So they ran Jay versus Mark in Boston in 2002. Okay. And, you know, it was this big to do. And again, they beat the shit out of each other. That, that was a yeah. common theme of Briscoe yes. versus Briscoe matches. The the exception that proves the rule about, you know, brother versus brother matches. Right. Uh, those two had incredible chemistry. You know, I, I saw those guys in Ring of Honor. I saw them become Ring of Honor tag team champions. I saw them have matches with like AJ Styles and the Amazing Red, including one of the most insane finishes I've ever seen. I think uh, Larietta was reposting some some gifts this week, and one of them was of that finish, uh, where uh, basically AJ alleyoops Red into Mark. Okay. Red hits a uh, Frankensteiner off the top rope. Mark flies off. AJ catches him and puts him into a Styles Clash. Wow. One of the most insane things I've ever seen live. And, you wow. know, you're in this this Murphy Rec Center that holds, like, 500 people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This fucking sweatbox. People lost their shit. Sure. And then it was just like, okay, you know, you, you see them grow and you see them prosper. Yes, there was a period of time where they, they left because Mark was in a motorcycle accident and, and, and that sort of thing. But they were always inconsistent. You go to a Ring of Honor show, you knew there was going to be a Jay Briscoe match, and he knew it was going to be good. Yep. Yeah. 
and correct me if I'm wrong. Mm. I mean, you posted a photo. Did did you work with the Briscoes or did you just hang out with them backstage? So, man, um, when Ring of Honor was purchased by Sinclair, yeah, uh, which owned you know Fox 45 right down the street, we had a relationship. So then we started uh, to strike up a relationship when I worked at 98 Rock with with Ring of Honor. Uh, it was, just, I mean, Jeff Jones, my dude, you know, facilitated yeah. all this, and he, you know, led to a lot of great opportunities uh, for me in, in, with Ring of Honor. Um, I remember the first show they did at Do Burns under the Sinclair regime. You know, they'd had this whole meet and greet. And, you know, for, uh, I guess, media people or friends and family, stuff like that. Yeah. You know, Lethal, Bennett Canellis, the Briscoes, Davey Richards, Caprice Coleman, the whole roster at that time. Right. Pretty much uh, was back there. Um, and that was the first time I met uh, the Briscoes. And I, I believe they were champs at the time. Um, so and then, you know, with my relationship with Ring of Honor, you know, I would do some uh, promo stuff in between tapings at Du Burns and throw stuff out. And, you know, I ended up having uh, a couple of um, an arm, a feud with Truth Martini yeah. and the House of Truth at the time, uh, which led, you know, to me having a match in Ring of Honor, which is really fucking weird to say. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that night I was talent. So I stayed in the locker room. All locker room, the yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I got dressed with the boys, uh, and amongst those were the Briscoes. So I, I shared a locker room with with Mark and Jay. Yeah. Um, and then as you know, the time went on. Uh, Brett Hollander, who now works for the Orioles, but now uh, back then he did nights on BALAM, uh, a sports uh, based show, mm-hmm. and he was fascinated. With the Briscoes, he, like he, he how could started, you not be? You know, he started to get his like toes dipped in into wrestling. You know, Cornette came up because this was when he was running Ring of Honor and and Lethal and you know a, a couple guys. But he would always ask for the Briscoes to come up if they were available because they're just such fascinating people to watch and listen to. Yeah, and just kind of pick the brain of. Yeah. Um, so I remember randomly. One night, I was in the FM studio running this shitty Mobcast um, show that nobody cared about. Um, and then, uh, like, literally, the door to the studio got kicked in. And it was Mark and Jay Briscoe coming over on Brett Hollander's orders to come say hi to me. And they, like, <laughs> they, they had their tag titles with them. We took a photo in there. He's like, hey, man, I remember you, you know, yeah. from uh, from being at the shows and that, you know. For a wrestling dork, that that kind of shit means the means the world. Like I almost shit my pants when the door got kicked. Oh, I can in. imagine. <laughs> and then the Briscoes walk in. I was like, oh shit. Um, but uh, yeah, just uh, the super nice and funny guys uh, to t- to be around, and you know, in that Du Burns era of of Ring of Honor, that was really my you know. Uh, first exposure to them, and I've gone back since and watched some of some older stuff, but I've definitely kept an eye on them since. And that's you know, it's just it's, it's fucking it's it just sucks, you know. Yeah. And somebody who had all the potential, like I was there at uh, Hammerstein the night he um, won the title from Steen. Yeah. Um, with the whole scum angle and everything like yeah, that. And, and that like, wasn't originally the plan, according because uh, uh, Hunter Johnson, a.k.a. Delirious, is another yeah. person who who was in the article. That wasn't the original plan. They weren't going to put the belt on Jay. And oh, really? They decided day of, you know what? Fuck it. The, the, 
you know, the momentum's there. Yeah, Let, fucking Let's was. put it on him. He's, and then he had the title for like over a year or something, yeah. didn't he? Or two years or so, like, yeah, so, like some sort of crazy period of time. Um, yeah. Before God, that... eventually dropping it to Jay Lethal when they did the world title versus TV title. Uh, yeah. Match. Man, that match was was fucking great. And the place exploded. And it was just, you know, it was one of those moments in, you know, I mean, you know, it was WrestleMania weekend, Ring of Honor at Hammerstein. There's a right. lot of things going for it. And, you know, Jay Briscoe's in the main uh, trying to win the title from, you know, uh, from Kevin Steen, who was with, yeah. you know, there was Matt Hardy involved and then uh, Carino and yeah. the whole scum faction. And it was just it was fucking killer. It was, it was great to be there uh, for a moment like that in his career. And, you know, the, the whole family, the whole Briscoe crew just kind of swarmed the ring afterwards and rightfully yeah. so. And, and you can't talk about the Briscoes without talking about the, the Pew family. Yeah. Because even in the early days of Ring of Honor, though they did not run as deep, the Pew family was there. Uh, I, I don't know what magical uh, aura I had, <laughs> but for many of the Ring of Honor shows I went to over the years, uh, A, I was always a general admission guy. Yeah. B, I would always find myself by... The Briscoe family. <laughs> I always wondered, even though I know the guy has worked matches. Yeah. I always wondered, did they smarten up Papa Briscoe? I because have to imagine. The passion that man had <laughs> against every heel. Yeah. Was so real. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wasn't quite sure. I assume <laughs> they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was never sure. And and it was so interesting, you know, through the years to be like, okay, well, there's Mama Briscoe, there's Papa Briscoe, there's like yeah. the sisters. But then you'd start seeing like, oh, the girlfriends are coming to the shows right now. And they're sitting with the Briscoe clan. Um, I, I have. And it's funny, just, you know, uh, about a month or so ago. Um, I, I don't want to blow up the dude's kayfabe because, uh, you know, per kayfabe, he's a teenage robot. But backstage at, at the Flying V show that we did, with uh, you know, with Flying V and Super Red Fight, I was talking with Razor Wing about some of the indie shows we got to go to together. Yeah. And there was one with his then girlfriend where she got into a, a legit shouting match with Papa <laughs> Briscoe because he was losing <laughs> his fucking mind. Like she was like a, a, a moment away from handing Razor Wing her earrings and purse like right, that right level yeah. they were getting fired up at each other and that's great and just how funny that was but you know you you see that and you see these guys grow and you see these guys change and then you know smash two years later uh, i was able to because i have a friend who works at sinclair go to one of the sinclair tapings of ring of honor this is probably 2017 2018 uh, they weren't at Dew Burns anymore. They're at another soccer arena in the Brooklyn. William Myers Pavilion. Yeah, yeah. William Myers Pavilion. Yep. And I went we there a had times. friends and family tickets. And because of the way the the venue was set up, that meant our seats were like up in the bleachers. But more importantly, they were like pseudo backstage. Right. So, you know, I, I don't know the best way to describe it, but it's like there was a line where, like, the stage came to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could literally see behind the curtain. You could literally see behind the curtain. And and, and in turn, because, you know, we're in the friends and family section, like, right. uh, I, I remember very vividly we had Leah Rush's parents behind us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Because, like, it was, I, I forget who, he, maybe it was against Jay Lethal, but he had, like, this big standout match that was going to be on TV against Jay Lethal. And, like, this was Jay, this was... Uh, Leo Rush's moment of like making yeah. it and, and, you know, they were losing their shit. And one of the things I remember so vividly was seeing Jay and Mark 
running around with all their fucking kids. Yeah, yeah. And you know they're laughing, and you know they're they're pinning their their dads and their uncles and all that. Yeah. But then you know, twenty minutes later, they come out, music hits, and they're like fucking superstars. Yeah. Like they they just knew how to turn. They go from wacky parents, wacky uncles to pro wrestling superstars. And I remember just thinking like how cool it was to get that glimpse of the the real J Pugh, Mark Pugh. Yeah. And then you see them become the Briscoes. Yeah. And it was so clear that family was so important to them. I mean, as as all this had come out, uh, this unfortunate news had come out, people were talking about uh, there was a video that was posted on, on Ring of Honor socials that people were reposting right. during the COVID lockdown of Jay learning and performing his daughter's cheerle- cheerleading routines with yeah. her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with a fucking bow in his dreadlocks. Yep. And you know, Jay was a, a coach for middle school football mm. uh, in, in Laurel, Delaware. It, they were so well known in the community to the point where they closed schools on Wednesday. Yeah, uh, that tells you right there what kind of impact somebody has on the people around him. The, the only analogy I can think of for for my feelings about all of this I'm not I'm not a big sports guy. You know, I, I mean, I half pay attention to what the Ravens are doing. I'll go to an Orioles game or two every year. I'll find myself yeah. wearing an Orioles cap because, well, I got a rep when I'm out of town. But I've never been a hardcore sports fan. Yeah. My feeling about the Briscoes, I think, is probably the closest I will ever come to, like, a college football town level of fandom where it was. These were our guys. Yeah. Around the same age. Clearly watching the same tapes, into the same shit. These were our guys who went to Japan for the first time. These were our guys who went to Noah. These were our guys who got to be some of the first under-contract talent of Ring of Honor. Yeah. These were our guys who were getting looked at by WWE. These were our guys who, when Ring of Honor got sold, guess who the first two two talent signed were? You know, right. you their their achievements felt like an achievement for all. Yep. And it's because of no different than what you're talking about. Not only did Brett Hollander be like, "Hey, I'm going to send the Briscoes in," but they wanted to see you. They wanted to shoot the shit with you. Yeah. Because yeah. they they love pro wrestling and they yes. love the fans and they love share they love or loved i i don't even know the right tense to use sharing this thing with people yeah so many great stories coming out whether it's uh kevin owens talking about when when he and and uh sammy zane were coming up in ring of honor yeah and being given this moment to put together this tag match and uh i i forget the exact quote but it was something like you know Kevin asked, what do you want to do? Kevin asked, what do you want to do? Yeah. And he's like, well, I guess we have to tear the house down, you know? It's just like, how fucking cool is that? Or or Seth Rollins talking about how, you know, it was the Briscoes putting over Tyler Black and Jimmy Jacobs that made the Age of Fall angle work in Ring of Honor. And and without that working, he wouldn't be able to be the star he is today. And how anytime there would be a house show in in Salisbury, Maryland, he would look in the crowd and there's Jay rolling deep with his family, yep. laughing and having a great time. Yeah. And 
that that's that's who he was you know he yeah he loved this sport he loved the the fans within it and you know there's something truly missing now yeah it's, it's just sad that that in a moment it, it can be gone yeah um, there is uh understandably uh, a charitable donation page for the family uh, we'll put a link in the show notes uh, but if you want to just hear it out loud, it's givesendgo.com slash pewlove, P-U-G-H-L-O-V-E. Um, it has currently exceeded its goal Good. of $200,000. It has raised $277,684 as of the time of this recording. Uh, among the, the many people who I've given, uh, Chris Jericho, uh, Cole Cabana, Kevin Steen, Kevin Steen, Cody Rhodes, Tony Khan. Um, but yeah, yes. Steen put 10, 10, uh, 10 grand up. Yeah. I don't know what anybody else put up, but yeah. Cody put one grand up. <laughs> um, Cody, come on. Come on. Uh, but yeah, it, it's, it's both incredibly sad, but also uh, incredibly heartening to see um, the pro wrestling community fans and wrestlers alike uh rally around someone so great so, yeah 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 uh 38 years old jay briscoe yeah. he will be missed yeah a wonderful just just uh just a fantastic talent and a better guy it's yeah. fucking uh, sucks we'll be doing a, a special edition of a rough house redo uh, we'll be doing a, a briscoe's match on that um, and if nothing else, uh, I highly recommend you just look up any promo he and Mark did over the past few years where they're at the farm. Oh my God. Uh, that was the other, we didn't even talk about his promos. Like yeah. the guy, I don't, I don't think I've ever believed somebody cutting a promo more than I believe Jay Briscoe cutting a promo. The, the laser focus in his eyes, the, like it would go from a calm rage to like this unleashed madness at, at the you know the the snap of a finger yeah. and then he could all, just all the while mark back. is eating snacks in the background and, and it i mean they're so perfect together because mark's this goofy redneck kung fu you know little brother and yeah. jay's the big serious i'm gonna punch your face in yeah. <laughs> until it stops functioning and you know it's just oh man he was such a great fucking promo so so good but yeah, watch those, enjoy some laughs, enjoy some great matches. There's a ton of his work on YouTube because Ring of yeah. Honor was uploading matches, you know, during the COVID era. Yeah. Um, and hell, especially the the trilogy they had with FTR this past year. Yeah. Fuck. Uh, the, the, yes. The, all three. I, I just submitted my best of the year. Uh, all th- all three. Oh, you have till to, I think you have till okay. midnight. Um, I always wait until literally the last minute. I, to do I submitted shit. my uh, my ballot for Voices of Wrestling yesterday, and all three of those tag matches were in there. And, wow. Um, all well deserved. Um, but yeah, he will be missed. Yeah. So uh, I guess on on to the normal shit. Uh, I guess I have to hit this button. The World uh. Wrestling Federation. All right. So, uh, enough. I don't have to talk about Vince coming back and totally yeah. uh, brushing off more claims and paying off people and settling out of court. And well, let, let's talk about something in ring then. OK. Yeah. Uh, Vince did more bullshit. That's all you really need to know. 
Uh, it looks like the main event, or the the presumed main event of WrestleMania 39 oh, yeah. is in flux. <laughs> uh, <laughs> As reported in uh, the Wrestling Observer Newsletter this week, Dwayne The Rock Johnson has reached out to WWE indicating he doesn't believe he will be able to get in appropriate shape in time for WrestleMania. Now look, <laughs> I will undoubtedly agree with the idea that he has muscles for show and sure. not for go right now. Sure. No, absolutely. And uh, ring shape is very different than uh, physical shape. Absolutely. Um, however, how long have they been building to this? <laughs> I don't know. Royal Rumble 2017. I don't know. <laughs> right. Right. Like the past two, maybe three years of WWE have been built around building Roman as the guy. Yeah. So he can beat the rock. Yeah. This is absolutely hysterical to me on so many different levels. I mean, yeah. Dwayne has had a rough couple months. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> And he's, he's, and I get it. He's got a hell of a schedule. He's wrapping up a movie. Then he's got to start pushing the XFL because that launches in February. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's only a couple of weeks away. Yeah. So I, I get it. This, this undoubtedly is a terrible time, but how fucking long has this been the plan, Dwayne? Yeah. I mean, look, I'm, you couldn't fly out Drew Gulak on weekends. <laughs> what else is that guy doing? Okay, so I have a couple mindsets on this, and I don't know if Dwayne's as business savvy as this theory is going to give him credit for, mm -hmm. but do you think the return of Vince McMahon had an effect on his willingness to do this match? That is an interesting theory. I've, I've seen that that floated in a few yeah. different places. I, I really don't know uh, because he's been dudes with Vince for forever. Uh, yeah, but, and also Nick Khan is still running the business, and and he's friends with Nick Khan. I, yeah, but optic wise, optic wise, yeah, probably not. Not the. I mean, the other theory I saw tossed out there was he's waiting for that Saudi payday to do it. Um, oh my god! But uh, yeah, uh, I, I I don't. He know. does not need Saudi payday. He doesn't. He really doesn't. But if you can get it's, it, he's probably the most well off former wrestler. Right, I can't imagine. I, I'm sure yeah. Hogan lost most of his shit in yeah, lawsuits Hogan's lost and a ton pissing of money away. And may or may not be a, a Scientologist now. Yeah, I saw uh, that. So it's got to be between him and Cena, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's a two because Dave Batista just had that big profile of him in GQ where he talked about how he lost all his money. Yeah. So definitely not Dave. I mean, Dave's definitely the best actor of the three. That's never. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's that, not up that for never, debate. I don't yeah. think. Uh, I, I will also just say I think it's also because he's trying to be. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no. The only other, um, but in terms of former, I mean, I guess there. Triple H doesn't really count. Triple H doesn't count, but I'm sure he's got a lot of money right now based on his stock. Um, right. Austin, kind of, but even him, it's a different level. Like, yeah. Uh, to 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 use an analogy from uh, uh, Welcome to Wrexham, he's got Rob McElhenney money. He doesn't have Ryan right. Reynolds. Money. Ryan Reynolds money for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I'm I'm sure Steve Austin's living a very comfortable life. Oh, no doubt. But it's different. Yeah. Uh it, Yeah, it, and, I, and I don't think Bret Hart strapped for 
Cash, no, um, no, even no. though his career was cut short. I feel like he was really By smart Bill with, Goldberg. you know, endorsements. And yes, fuck that guy, Bill Goldberg. Yes. And Bill and Goldberg with his Saudi money is probably sitting very pretty. But I can't imagine Goldberg even having a couple, you know, TV and movie appearances being anywhere in the same no, stratosphere no. as Dwayne. Yeah, Dwayne, Dwayne, it's a... It, Dwayne had football league money. That's a, that's really the thing you need to know here. Dwayne right. had football yeah, league money. Uh, so he doesn't need to do it. But it just... I, I will say this, and this was talked about this morning by Dave Meltzer and Wrestling Observer Radio, and, and you know, I've seen some other people toss this out there. Don't forget, last year, Steve Austin wasn't going to do WrestleMania until he said he was going to do WrestleMania. Like word came out, he was going to do yeah. WrestleMania, and he was like, "No, nah, not doing it, not in the right shape." Then suddenly, he was in the right shape, and he did it. Right, and now he's apparently getting in even better shape. So, <laughs> right, so who knows what's going to see on? Where there. he he ends up in early April? <laughs> Coming to Raya, let's go. Um, uh, so there, there's a possibility that they're trying to swerve people internally, and then he shows up on Saturday, because right. by the way, Saturday the is the fucking Royal Rumble. Yeah, yeah. Which, speaking of which, why the fuck would you spoil the return of Cody Rhodes ahead of time? To make people watch the Royal Rumble. People are already going to watch the Royal Rumble. Yeah, this is, but... Th- that's... No, that's Wait, stupid. that also does sort of hit to an idea that, well, you tell people Cody's going to be in it, because fucking Dwayne's the surprise. He, well, yeah, he's the... I know, I... It's just, you know, it, it kind of boggles my mind. The guy, you know, had the storybook going away, wrestled his last match, which I still don't agree with, with the torn pack and everything. Yeah. And then, you know, you had the big hero return at the Rumble unannounced. It just, it seemed, you know, now when his music hits, it's like, okay, it's Cody. Yeah. <laughs> now well, instead of, oh, fuck, let's go, you know. <laughs> well, hey, You're let's ruined. talk about that show that's going to happen on Saturday. Half. It's definitely the 90s version, which yeah, 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 yeah. definitely uh, early 90s. Yes, uh, we've got a five match card uh, that includes the two rumbles, right? Uh, we've got Roman Reigns defending against Kevin Owens, we've got mm-hmm. Bray Wyatt versus LA Knight in a Mountain Dew pitch black match where this week <laughs> they were legitimately saying on air. We don't even know what that match is. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, there's a there's a Fightful report, though, that they've been rehearsing segments prior to SmackDown tapings. Mm-hmm. And it involves neon lighting. Oh, man. I knew it was going to be some kind of spooky lighting. God damn it. This yeah. never fucking works, guys. Yeah. Never. Uh, and Bianca Belair will be defending the Raw Women's Championship against Alexa Bliss. Unfortunately, okay. they can't run back the scary movie two spots again. <laughs> when I saw the side by side, I popped real hard though. It was pretty great. But so far announced for the men's Royal rumble, only 15 of the 30. Uh, we've got Kofi Kingston, okay. Santos Escobar, Ricochet, Austin theory, Seth Rollins, Bobby Lashley, Baron Corbin, Ray Mysterio, Gunther, Cody Rhodes, Omos, Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, Braun Strowman, and Karrion Cross. No Brock announced? No Brock announced. I'm, which means he could so be he's, one he of the sh- other 15. He shows, I, I feel like he shows up. What's that? I'm sorry. I, I, I'm just saying there's still 15 more to be announced. Oh, so. no, I, I, I know. I know. Um, 
but I, th- I think maybe Brock shows up and maybe uh, he and Gunther get into a little scuffle and maybe we get that match finally. Hell yeah. That would be cool. Hell yeah. You want, you want me to get a little tangle? Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then only six of the 30 have been announced for the women's Royal Rumble match. Oh, uh, this is like, all right, there's the going through the Rolodex. Okay. Who's still able to move? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Liv Morgan, Candice LeRae, Rhea Ripley, Raquel Rodriguez, Shayna Baszler, and Zelina Vega are the six announced. Apparently, Ronda Rousey will not be part of it. Okay. Which is interesting. Uh, and also, uh, a fight Does she for- have a, a Sandy Hook Denier convention that day or something? <laughs> <laughs> what a piece of trash. Uh, a Fightful report indicated that uh, currently, at, while putting together the Rumble, the intent is to not have NXT people called up for it. Okay, so that like means more Kelly Kelly and yeah. Melina than anybody. Okay, great. Ivory coming out at 60 years old. Don't yeah. get me wrong. She looks she great looks for great. 60. Yeah, no doubt. Oofa doofa. Um, yeah. I just, I, I, Michelle McCool and Kelly Kelly, that is not the era of women yeah. in WWE history that I want to see in the ring at a Royal Rumble in 2023. Can I call a shot? Call a shot. I think Naomi returns. Okay. I, I feel like that's the move. I feel like that would be good. That would get a big pop. Yeah, and she, and if she gets a big push the, with it, then that's the even Kofi better. Spot in in the Rumble, so. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I feel like that's going to be the direction there, but uh, we we shall see how it ends up playing out. Um, anyway, let's talk about other companies. Let's let's dig into other things. Yeah, I watched the video. Oh, you did? Hell yeah, I you did. did. And it fucking ruled. New Japan Pro Wrestling on Sunday, or sorry, not Sunday, on Saturday, had the second night of Wrestle Kingdom 17, a pure New Japan versus Noah match, uh, Noah, not just Card. match, show. Yeah. Uh, and the match everyone is talking about didn't even have a finish, folks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was uh, current GHC heavyweight champion Kaito Kiyomiya. And Yoshiki Inamura from Noah against IWGP World Champion Kazuchika Okada and Togi Makabe. Yeah, Makabe getting the call for that big match. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and this was more an angle than a match. So, yeah. so to give context on Kiyomiya, Kiyomiya has been a guy who they've tried to get behind. Here's a guy. Yeah. Noah has been built around a lot of older talent, whether it yeah. is a guy like Marufuji, who was... You know, uh, uh, Noah Trueborn, trained by Masala and crew. He's now, you know, uh, he's the same age as, as Kenta. So, you know, late 30s, early yeah. 40s. He can't be the top guy anymore. Kiyomiya is their their best possible choice. Uh, he's in his mid to late 20s. Um, he is talented as hell, but he hasn't been able to truly catch fire with the audience. Gotcha. Um, they tried pushing him two years ago as like the guy and uh, his run was cut short by them putting the belt back on KG Muto. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Didn't that kind of happen to Naito? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? There there are some parallels there. Uh, yeah. Weirdly enough. Uh, but at the January 1st show, they ended up putting the, the GHC title back on Kiyomiya. Okay. Uh, he had had a multiple year feud with Keno, Keno being the leader of the big heel group Congo. He was GHC champion, dropped the belt to Kiyomiya in an awesome fucking match. It's one of my matches of the year right now. So Kiyomiya needs something. He he needs something to catch fire and get people into. So 
they had, you know, just kind of a simple back and forth match. Match as a whole only went like six and a half minutes. Right. Pretty straightforward back and forth match. Okada is wearing down Inamura in the center of the ring. Mm -hmm. And Kaito comes in to break up the hold. He kicks Okada in the back. Okada doesn't sell it. Yeah. Kicks Okada again. Okada doesn't sell it. Goes for three. <laughs> Okada still doesn't sell it. As if to say, who's this piece of trash in my ring? I don't yeah. know. So, Kiyomiya comes around the side and boots Okada right in the fucking forehead. Yeah, he does. Absolutely. And he didn't, he did not hold back either. No. This is a full on PK happening yeah. right here. Like, right in his goal. fucking forehead. And Okada, who I will say is generally a pretty stoic guy. He's, yes. He's got two modes. Stoic and goofy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okada wanted to murder Kiyomiya. Oh, and I don't know how much of this was worked, shoot, how much, you know, Okada really turned up the, the heat. But this him, was definitely let's get some free fire going. That's for sure. Okada losing his mind and going after him and just slapping his ass around the fucking outside of the ring. Yeah. And it's the great and tossing him into the English announce table, which yeah. I love that the English announce table in Japan is essentially the Spanish announce table yes. in America. Yes. It's, it's, I absolutely adore it. But Okada just running around and screaming and looking like some kind of uncaged feral beast is one of the greatest things I've ever seen. So they're just brawling. People are trying to separate them. Nothing's happening. Fucking QBS just decides to throw a fucking shoot drop kick in the middle of it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> they're brawling. They're going back and forth. Match gets thrown out. Yeah. Uh, Kiyomiya grabs a microphone, challenges Okada to a singles match. Okada's like, fuck that shit. I want nothing to do with it. Now, what was not seen on the live show, but was seen for uh, there's there's a, a, a video on YouTube of it, which has gotten over a million views already. Wow. It's actually really impressive for uh, a Japanese pro wrestling company. Uh, while Okada, Okada goes to the back, Kiyomiya gets up in his ass again and they end up brawling some more backstage. Yes. So this was probably the best worked shoot angle I've seen in a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and. Yeah. It was just hot fire. Like you could tell, like though they were, they, there were some hits that were pulled. There were some that were not as much, and, right. but the ones that weren't as much were like in safe places. Like right. there, there was definitely collaboration in it to to make it look. Yeah, right. there was like a grounded pound at one point. They weren't all, you know. Yeah. Well, didn't have full force behind. Yeah, o Okada was throwing some kitty cat slaps. In yeah, there, yeah, you yeah. Know? The Shane McMahon school of striking. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but um, today at the uh, Great Muda farewell show. Bye bye. Yes, the Great Muda final bye bye, as it's yeah. called. They announced <laughs> the card for the Keiji Muto Tokyo Dome retirement show. Because again, I know they I retire the gimmick. It, yeah, and they retire the man. Kiyomiya versus Okada was announced for it. Let's go. Okada subsequently released uh -oh. comments saying, "I didn't ask for the match. I didn't agree to the match. I don't even want to bother with the fucking match." Uh. So uh, we're we're gonna get us a pissy Okada at the dome. So let's go. Let's fucking go. Uh, yeah. Also on the Wrestle Kingdom show. 
I mean, I could run through uh, the the full results, but it's going to be a bunch of names you don't know versus yeah. names you might know. Shingo won. Shingo won. Uh, That's all you need to know. Nakajima. I can't wait to watch that match. Yeah, same. Uh, it, it was a, a pay-per-view that you paid for on uh, on New Japan World. Uh, it was not yet available on Wrestling Universe, which is the NOAA streaming service. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it'll be on both next Saturday. Next Saturday. So it's okay. a seven-day push. Gotcha. Um, but uh, after the main event, which was Keno, who I mentioned earlier, against Naito, Naito ended up winning. Muto challenged Naito to be his opponent in his retirement match. So that I mean, that's has... a big... Uh... That's a big feather in the cap for Naito. Yeah, a uh, huge feather in the cap. So that that's going to be the main event of the uh, uh, Kiji Muto retirement show, which will be on February 21st. Okay, happy um, that's a me. big show featuring New Japan talent, Noah talent, All Japan talent, Dragon Gate talent, DDT talent, and Tokyo Joshi Pro talent. They've wow. got people from everywhere in it. Um, but yeah, we are going to get we are supposed to get Okada versus Kiyomiya on that show. Uh, which should be pretty fucking rad. Uh, and in case you're wondering, uh, the uh, final match is the Great Muda. Uh, the trio of Darby Allen, Sting, and the Great Muda won. Uh, they defeated the trio of Akira Hakushi and Naomichi Marafuji. So, yeah. Hakushi, the same Hakushi? Same Hakushi. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I didn't realize he was still wrestling. Yeah, yeah. He mostly works Mishinoku Pro. That's where he started. Huh. Um, but yeah, he uh, he was in the main event of that. Darby actually got a huge pop for a guy who's never worked Japan any, uh, prior. So uh, well, all right, better than Sasha Banks. Yeah, ready. That's yeah. A, good, good job, Darby. Good for him. Well, <laughs> hey, let's go ahead and talk about Dabby, and let's talk about all things Dabby. AEW. Uh, as I struggled to hit the button. Where on earth were they from this week, Chris? Uh, uh, Fresno. Fresno, that's it. Fresno, yeah. California. Live show for Dynamite taped Rampage. Damn fine, Dynamite. Not uh, there was one. They they kind of uh, show their ass a little bit. It was uh, God, who was coming out? It was OC when OC came out for the opening match, and yeah. there was a kid dressed up in the front row on the left side. And he went over to it, and you could see a lot of empty seats on the hard cam side. Yeah, that that kind of sucked. Um, yeah. That said, they drew apparently they drew more to the arena than WWE did for Raw a few weeks earlier. So okay, All you right. know, feather in the cap. But that that is kind of the difference between WWE and AEW is AEW will sometimes just show you how fucking empty a section is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was like, yeah, hey, you should really frame that camera a little better there, pal, or, you know, but, you know, these these things happen. But, I mean, they have been doing really well, you know, and you can also tell by what they don't show. Yes. <laughs> you know, when they sell when they sell out, they're sure to show you every fucking oh, the yeah. big boom cam coming in on the whole arena, yeah. showing everything. Yeah. And those are uh, concerns absent on the uh, lesser sold shows yes indeed uh but it was a very very fun show hot crowd all night long too um and it feels like there is yeah they were uh, into it a really great momentum for AEW right now killer dynamite ratings are ticking up live event uh ticket sales are ticking up like they're they're getting in a good groove which which makes me happy as a fan of the company and as someone who really wants yeah. a viable number two in this godforsaken country so uh, opening match was, as you said, what Arch I wouldn't Cassidy get for a viable defending. number two. <laughs> Arch Cassidy defending the All Atlantic title against Jay Lethal. 
This was shenanigans ahoy, but goddamn, it was fun. I mean, it's a way to get me through a Jay Lethal match in 2023. <laughs> so, you know, when you when you have, uh, you know, the goofiness of a Danhausen and a Sanjay Dutt on opposing sides. Yes. You know, that's where, you know, Danhausen <laughs> dressing up as as an, an usher. usher for the arena. <laughs> Uh, multiple people being set up in a ringside section. Yeah. Fucking best friends rolling up with gigantic sodas and popcorn. Yes. I mean, so good. I mean, there's, there's AEW is good for all styles of pro wrestling and they, you know, they, they don't do these types of things often. No. Uh, And they only do it with the, you know, selective people who they know can do it. And this is definitely the crew to do it. And it was, you know, at least, it, it was a, a break from the, from the norm, and it was fun. And you know, OC, uh, you know, I've from my trivia on Wednesday nights when I have it on at the bar. You know, I've converted people into like fans, and they're like, "Oh, we were really excited when OC popped up earlier." I was like, "Hell yeah, that's awesome! Yeah, that's great." Uh, but yeah, OC retains post match. Uh, Satnam Singh jumps in. He tries to attack the best friends. Sanjay Dutt put a stop to it. Jarrett went for a guitar shot, but Sanjay Dutt put a stop so- to it because. Because Sanjay and Satnam and all were told not to get physically involved, otherwise they'd lose their job. Yep, but the match was over. Fair, fair. Well, maybe <laughs> Sanjay was just trying to. Trying I, it, to cover it didn't. The once the here. once the bell rings, I don't understand fair how game. that is still in effect. Yeah, that that was a little bewildering to me. Fair, fair. Um, oh, uh, breaking news! I just saw the results pop up. Shingo successfully won the MMA match against. Uh, Great Ocon at New Beginning. Oh, in oh so. okay. All right. <laughs> so good say. news there. All right. Yes. Anyway. I mean, he, he wasn't going to lose his title shot. So, of course, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I picked uh, him to win in my predictions on the app. So. Nice. Well, Obviously, you, you, I always you, pick Shingo whether I think you, he's going to win or not. You got the deuce on that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we had Top Flight defeating the Young Bucks. Yeah. Great match. Really awesome match. Both teams looked amazing. Although I will say. I just got to put it in there. I know it was a tribute. Matt, Nick, I know you listen. Don't go for the Doomsday device ever again. You can't. Yeah. <laughs> you, can't. Yeah. you don't have the oomph, boys. You don't no. have the oomph. No. I mean, I, I, you know, I don't think they'll add it to their repertoire. But, yeah, yeah. as a one and done tribute, sure. Yeah, that was uh, nice. But... Yeah. And the match was the match was really, really fun. I mean, you know, if this means big things for top flight in the tag division, uh, that's great. It was still odd that a week or two after winning the trios championships, they're just in a regular tag team match the next, yeah. you know, next dynamite. But I guess if you, if you want to, if you want a team to put over top flight, there's few better, uh, than, than the bucks. Yeah. And if this means we're going to get top flight and AR Fox against Omega and the Bucks, fuck yeah. yeah. Sign me so, up. Sounds great to me. Uh, the gun club came out and, uh, was yelling about the acclaimed embarrassing them on rampage, even though they made the acclaimed champions by giving them their dad, mm-hmm. the acclaim interrupts Austin yells to cut their music, which gets massive booze. But then caster says, you know, cut Austin guns, mic and hit our music. So we got a freestyle from Max caster anyway, referencing Hunter Biden. Yeah. Uh, but then there was a big brawl between both teams. And uh, Daddy ass separates all his kids, and says next week they need to sit down and hash uh, hash everything out. As he has two words for them: family therapy. So, 
I maybe I missed something, but why would Daddy Ass be upset with the acclaimed at this point? Because he seemed like he was pissed uh, at for both beating up his teams. kids. I guess. I, I mean, they, they didn't initiate it; they were provoked. Yeah, and and if if you recall, you know, if you look back long enough, Daddy Ass left the guns on purpose. Yeah, because the guns were being shitheads. So. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It was it was weird that he was like, "You're both all both teams are pissing me off." I was like, "Well, that yeah. doesn't really." I would just say the whole thing has a very attitude era vibe, and not necessarily in a good way. Yeah, no, I'm 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 with you on that. I mean, I mean, it's Billy Gunn, so true. Renee Paquette was was backstage with Hangman Adam Page, and I knew this is going to be an interesting segment. Uh, and I because she wasn't it. holding a microphone. <laughs> well, just on paper, it's like, oh, Hangman just. Knocked Moxley's brain out his nose. Right, uh, and here's his wife. <laughs> yeah, and they yeah, addressed yeah. it right from there. Um, you know, Paige was like, "Hey, I said I'd knock Moxley out for mocking what happened to him." Uh, Renee Paquette asked where he went from here. Said he needs to have some tough conversations and mend some fences. Renee wraps up the interview, and we get behind the scenes content. Right. Yeah. Where. Uh, Renee Hangman. is asked by Hangman, like, how's Mox really feeling? She's like, yeah. oh, well, you know, he's been hurt on and off for the last 10 years anyway. Yeah. And Paige looked like he was going to ask for something more, but held off. Yeah, intrigue. He's a he's an emotional boy. All right. <laughs> he has feels. Ricky Starks defeated Jake Hager, thankfully. Yeah, thank God. I mean, Christ. Yeah. <laughs> the momentum killer, Jake Hager. Uh, you know, for a match built around a stupid hat, it was, it was pretty okay. Yeah. Hager's just shit in the ring these yeah, days. but goddamn so. Starks is over right now. Fucking superstar, man. Um, then uh, we had a video package on the return of Adam Cole. Maybe. And then uh, Tony Schiavone's backstage with Chris Jericho, Daniel Garcia, and Sammy Guevara. Jericho said he requested a tag match with Starks in action and ready next week against Guevara and himself. Garcia said, hey, I want to be in the tag match instead of Sammy. So it was made that if Garcia uh, beat Action Andrade and Rampage, he can have Sammy Guevara's spot. And Sammy Guevara gave Garcia new ring gear, some sweet leather pants. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm not loving the Guevara-Garcia bit, but whatever. Garcia's making it work. I don't know if you He's trying. Saw, I don't know if you saw his tweets uh, after the Andretti match. He was saying something about, like, can't believe I lost to Andretti, can't have the match. Pants pretty sweet, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Garcia's pretty good at Twitter. He really is. He's also a big tweet and delete guy, which I find Yeah. Well, there's a whole account that documents yeah, just, his delete, deleted it. tweets. Yeah. yeah. Then we had, oh, 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 boy, we had Brian Danielson against Bandito. Oh, yeah. Two weeks Dismash in a row. Shit. Match the fucking year candidates out of Brian Danielson. Guy's unworldly. Unworldly. And uh, did you see uh, Danielson's promo from uh, The Road 2? No. He cut this promo where it was basically just him saying, like, I love pro wrestling. I'm a pro wrestler. I'm so happy to be here in AEW. And Bandito is one of the people I've wanted to wrestle so bad for the past few years. And I can't wait to wrestle him on Wednesday. That's all it was. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's all he needed. Which is funny because, you know, the idea is like MJF is putting him in these matches. Sure. Yeah. You wear him down. And Dale's like, I get to wrestle Bandito. Woo! Well, it's also like, you know, I kind of like the idea of Brian. 
um, you know, he's not picking easy opponents. No. He's picking like these really great, uh, I guess prospects isn't the right, right necessarily term, but at least new to AEW yeah. Uh, people that he's you know have has looked at for years you know Takeshita in, in Japan and and Bandito was fucking Ring of Honor champion um, so he he'd been around a little bit in, in the states but um, I love it that he's not picking the easy taking the easy route to MJF God it's no. like you know the iron sharpens iron like if I'm gonna take down this champion I need to you know absorb skills and then fight these very talented people. To, to find new ways to which to maim MJF. I love yeah. it. And what I thought was really cool is this is kind of a tale of two matches because you had yeah. sort of the PWG Ring of Honor, like boom, 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 go move, go move, go move style. Yeah. But also it was Danielson going like, I want to do some fucking weird lucha submissions. Let's go. And yeah. uh, it's so much Bandito fun. Bandito very game. Yeah, Bandito super game. What I also enjoyed is you can tell Bandito's been watching some Penta tapes as he's figured out a hand gesture too. <laughs> yeah, it went a little heavy, but that's okay. I get it. You get yourself over, brother. Hell yeah. Uh, and and the fucking Fresno crowd loved him. So yeah, fuck yeah. Um, yeah, like, to the point where Danielson was getting booed. Yeah, and that's that's two weeks now because yeah, the the LA crowd really wanted to catch it to win. Which yeah. I mean, again, if the idea is just all right, Danielson's going to go in and put these guys over and make you want to see them wrestle more. Like fuck yeah. I mean, uh, let's throw Penta in there next. Let's throw yeah. Phoenix in there, too. Well, uh, he, he's got to get past the machine first. Oh, yeah, that's right. His cage. Yeah. Um, right. So uh, we had a backslide into the flying knee. Danielson gets the win. MJF appears on screen and cuts a short and sweet and to the point promo. Blessed. Basically Somebody's saying, been listening to our show. Yes. Basically saying that the fans are fickle. Danielson's been dealing with masked Max. Not uh-huh. the real Max, but the closer the closer they get, the more the mask is going to come off. And he said, "Not even a dragon is enough for the man behind the mask." So love uh, love the use of fickle too. Yes, yes, that's a that's a great throwback. Indeed, we had pre taped uh, conversation with Soraya, uh, yelling at Sheeta for throwing the kendo stick in the ring. Um, during the the tag match, Tony Storm was there, also saying she was going to beat Willow tonight. And Soraya orders orders Sheeta to stay backstage. This was a very heelish promo, and we found yeah. out why in just a few moments. But before that, we found out it's going to be Brian Cage against Brian Danielson next week. Renee Paquette's backstage with uh, Brian Cage and Prince Nana to uh, talk about the match. MJF immediately interrupts and says he needs the machine next week. Gives Nana and Cage an envelope for cash, and. Uh, Cage uh, basically said, hey, you know, I'm going to break Danielson's arm. And uh, MJF slaps Cage across the face. And uh, MJF said there's no greater motivator than hate. So use that for motivation. Yeah. Hey, man. That's an interesting way uh, to get into it. I'm just saddened it's not Cage versus Danielson in a Brian versus Brian match. Winner gets to be called Brian. (laughs) I mean, you know, machines need no first names. There's still time, I guess. Yeah. So it was Tony Storm against Willow Nightingale, and I guess the best way to turn someone heel is by having them beat the shit out of Willow Nightingale. Who was very over. Super over. Yeah. Uh, and uh, what I, I I definitely was like in the post-match. So Tony Storm wins. Post-match, Soraya and Tony be, ju- beat uh, and jump uh, Willow Nightingale. Yeah. Ruby Soho makes the save. 
right. thought Ruby was going to turn on them because she's ex WWE also. Oh, okay. All right. No, but, I mean, I, I like I like Ruby coming to the. Oh yeah, she's she's a know. natural face, but I was yeah, just like, I, I I thought that's that might be the direction they were going. In. Well, what was interesting is Sheeta kind of was torn between both teams as yeah. to where she her allegiances lay. So yeah. curious to see how that all that all pans out. But I also wonder now, does this make Jamie and Britt faces? I don't fucking know. <laughs> I just I, I I know I'm a broken record. I really want Jamie. To just beat up Brit and be done with her and then yeah. go on in this title reign on her own because she's the champion but still in the shadow of fucking Britt Baker. Renee Paquette was backstage with Kanosuke Takeshita talking about the match with Danielson last week. Uh, Takeshita said he respects Danielson so, so much. He says Danielson is his hero and he's got his back no matter what happens. And then he said something in Japanese very angrily. Yeah. So Paquette asked what it meant and he said... MJF is an asshole. <laughs> so it no actually notes. translated it. It was a little more detailed than that, but uh, still good. Times. No notes. That's perfect. I love it. And then the main event was Darby Allen against a shockingly over in fucking Fresno, California, Kushida. Yeah, man. Uh, Kushida showed the fuck up. Yeah, he did. This was not just like, oh, I'm doing a guest appearance. Time to be lazy. Like, no. he fucking tortured Darby for, like, 15 minutes in this match. Yeah, dude was like, okay, I'm getting a main event spot on your show. I'm fucking showing ass in, in yeah. the best way possible. Dude went went after. I don't know if he's angling to to get a contract over there full time with this or what, but um, it was really, really fun. Yeah, it was super fun. Craziest spot of the night was... Darby does a dive to the floor and is immediately caught in an arm bar by yes. Kushida. Yes. Like, I've seen Kushida do that spot a few times over the years, but, like, the way the angle was set up, the camera angle was set up, it looked like Darby was falling into your living room. Yeah. And suddenly he's locked in an arm bar. It was, it was really fucking cool. James Cameron um, getting ideas for Avatar 20. Yeah. The, the, this match should not have been as good as it was. Um, but uh, Darby wins. They're shaking hands as they go off the air. Excalibur very quickly tosses in a we're thinking of Jay Briscoe and he's in our hearts and minds. So, yeah, he moved by Excalibur. Uh, and then that Think took he us... got in trouble for that. Who knows? Probably probably unofficially. Uh, right. Tony has told WBD that he got yelled at. Right. Yeah. He issued him a demerit. Yeah. But then <laughs> Friday was a show we've been waiting on. I actually watched it this week. Nice. <laughs> Show kicked off with Jungle Boy Jack Perry defeating this week's Hey EW guest, Ethan Page. Yeah. It was fine. It, it was. was. I mean, I'm surprised that they Derek got away with saying tits on the air. I mean, I know you safe harbor on TNT, but still, that's yeah. not really one of the words often used. I know Page likes to talk about his great tits. Um, but yeah, this was a fine match. It was just there nothing really extraordinary yeah it, it, it was fine uh perry wins with a sunset flip uh after the match uh ethan page challenged jungle hook to face him and matt hardy on dynamite wednesday yeah i'm kind of over this whole matt hardy contract situation but until dynamite stoke said that matt hardy and isaiah Casti are on timeout <laughs> i'm stoked Stokes. Tweet of the day yesterday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm uploading the Kiyomiya yeah. fight to World Star. Uh huh. Tony Schiavone was interviewing Ortiz in Ring. 
Ortiz calls out Eddie Kingston to sell their differences. Kingston comes out with a steel chair. They basically yelled at each other. Ortiz said that Homicide would call Kingston a fake tough guy. Did Eddie even talk? I feel like it was just Ortiz who talked, and then yeah. Eddie snapped and hit him with a chair. Yeah, he hit him with a chair. So, and then ran off. Well, House of Black off. gets what they want. House of Black gets what they want. House of Black. Do you think they're working House of Black, or do you think... Uh... Good question. I don't I know. Derek brought that up yesterday. I was like, okay, that could be interesting. I know uh, in the following hour, in terms of taping time, Kingston worked as a face on the Jay Briscoe show. So oh, okay. Who knows? Well. <laughs> who knows? Yeah. Uh, but... Hey, if that worked out for the House of Black, the next segment, maybe not so much. Darby Allen calls out the House of Black and uh, said last time he was in the ring with the House of Black, he sent them home. Nice little wink to the reality there. So uh, Darby versus Buddy Murphy this Wednesday on Dynamite. That should fucking roll. Okay. I mean, I I love a good uh, if it's a a TNT TV title, it should be defended. Weekly on TV, on TV. Yeah. something we've said for years here. Uh, so yeah, I love like to see that, and I'm sure the match will be really fun. They've had have they had a solo match before? Or just I don't think tag? they've had a singles match. I think they've just been involved in tags. Okay, all right. Um, but you know, big speedy guy versus little speedy guy. Yeah, be- I'm curious if they do another. If they, I mean, if if Darby's calling out House of Black, you would think they would lend to some kind of trio uh, thing with Sting and somebody else. Yeah, curious yeah. who the somebody else would be. That or uh, Kingston, Ortiz, and Darby against them, which could be really fucking cool. Okay. All right. Yeah. Just a thought. Anyway. Yeah. Probably Brian you Cage. shouldn't have Sting take the uh, Brody King cannonball. Yeah. Yeah. Probably <laughs> probably for the best that he doesn't. Uh, yeah. He, he and uh, um, what's her neck? Uh, Julia Hart can yell at each other. Yeah. What's her neck? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Brian Cage defeated <laughs> Willie Mack. And this was fine, but a serious disappointment considering they had a really fucking great match on Dark Elevation this week. Yeah, I mean, this was a uh, running back and old Lucha Underground feud. Yeah. Um, I believe this was the match that involved somebody's, I think, Willie Max head getting uh, curb stomped into a cinder block at Ultima Lucha 1, if I recall correctly. You're correct. Um, but yeah, this did not really live up to the, that heights or like you said, the heights of the match earlier in the week, but you know, it's good to see Willie Mack getting a show and was very, uh, over as well. Indeed. So maybe he'll get a contract out of this, at least for ring of honor. One would hope. Sure. Yeah. No, that would be, he would be a good pickup for ring of honor. So we had Jade Cargill and Layla Gray defeat another random twin duo of ladies. Yeah. Right. Where are these? Were Jada twin, and Jordan the twin factory Vanity are their names. I love uh, how at one point one of the twins gets murked and literally just laid in the in the corner after tagging at her sister to eat the finish. She didn't. I don't know if she was just really. Uh, she really got fucked up or was just selling hard, but it was hysterical just watching her lay lifeless in the corner. Yeah. Main event was Action Andretti defeating Daniel Garcia, so it's going to be uh, Sammy and Jericho against Ricky Starks and Action Andretti on Dynamite. This match was really fucking good. Andretti, as you and I were texting about, is such a complete performer already. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, he probably needs more time to cut promos. Yeah. But he he reminds me a lot of Will Ospreay, legitimately. Um, Okay. uh, Just thinking about, you know, his he's maybe a little bigger, um, but just thinking about physically bigger. Osprey or Andretti? Uh, Andretti of Osprey at the same time in his career. Oh, I thought you meant like Osprey now. I was like, yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> wait, wait a second. <laughs> Osprey's been drinking a lot of tea. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's he's much bigger now, but I'm saying at, at their point in the in their respective I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. I think Andretti's a a bigger guy physically. Is he uh, taller though? I feel like he's short. I feel like Andretti's short. I don't know. I'd have to look at actual heights, but he's he's talented as fuck and uh kudos to the MCW school for yeah. turning out such a finished product. Um the only other and this is such a minor thing. After all the crazy moves and shit he did, the fucking running shooting star, maybe not the best finish. Yeah, I mean, maybe if it's if it's, the, if it's at the end of like a wicked combo or something. Yeah, but uh, that yeah. that was my only gripe, and it's such a minor gripe. Uh, yeah, but I, I thought it was a really solid match. But yeah, uh, Wednesday on Dynamite, we're gonna have uh, the aforementioned Brian Danielson versus Brian Cage. Uh, we're going to have uh, the uh, Jungle Hulk versus Matt Hardy and Ethan Page match. Uh, and we're going to have Tony Storm versus Britt Baker versus Ruby Soho at a triple threat. So, oh, OK, uh, you know, not not. Uh, oh, and uh, of course, Starks and Andretti against Jericho and Sammy. Not the most star studded of uh, shows, but uh, oh, he'll announce something oh, at four I, o'clock I on Wednesday. Darby versus Buddy Murphy, which should be really yeah. fucking good. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. but uh, I, I agree. We're going to have some crazy match announced before right. time. Um, pretty solid show on paper. The road to revolution coming together pretty good so far. Uh, just waiting to see, you know, where the, the next few pieces land. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, MJF and uh, and Brian uh, is pretty pretty much the only thing, you know, that I, I mean, it's going to be a fourth of the show. So <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's <all> true. <laughs> that's true. But uh, should be a good show. And um, hey, Chris, did you huh. just, did you just get an email? It's from, it's from WWE and it says check this Royal here. Rumble spot or is that just me? Um, I think that's just you. You getting cold up? You getting? Uh... I, I think it's my time, Chris. Yeah, I think it's my time. The time's ha- now. The time is happening. Yeah, my 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 time is. Oh wait, sorry, it was meant to go to Marty Jannetty. Oh well. Oh. The Roughhouse Podcast is a weekly podcast fueled by coffee, pizza rolls, and the stench of dirty litter boxes. Follow Christoph and Marty on Twitter at RoughhouseSGW, at Facebook.com slash The Roughhouse Podcast, and at Patreon.com slash The Roughhouse Podcast for early access to episodes, exclusive podcasts, Roughhouse Redos, and Roughhouse Divided movie trivia games. New episodes drop every single Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe, motherfuckers! This is the, the Rough, House, Rough Pod. House, uh podcast with Justin and Kristoff. That's it. Fuck Kristoff. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Marty and my least favorite man on the planet, Kristoff. WWE, WWE.com, and WWE Network subscribers, we, the WWE, have listened, and we've decided to take some of your suggestions to heart. A three-hour Raw? Well, how about this? A four-fucking-hour Raw! You're getting a four-fucking-hour! You thought that Jerry Springer shit was a little bit much? How about this? Jerry Springer, Melissa Rivers, and that fucking weirdo that always does the Bravo Real Housewives end-of-season recaps? 
they're all coming out for one fucking hour. Deal with that shit. Think three hours is too long? How about this fuck nut? 240 minutes of bullshit, and you're getting half the matches. Huh? You enjoy seeing Dolph Ziggler? Well, suck a dick! We just traded him to TNA. Here at WWE, we like to pay attention to your suggestions. For example, why not bring up the NXT women's roster to bolster a floundering WWE Divas division? That's why we listen, fuckheads, and everyone's fired. Bring it in, she-males, fresh from Thailand. We got chicks, they got dicks, and they can compete in all the different divisions. Cruiserweight, it's back, you'll never see it defended. Hardcore, it's back, you'll never see it defended. We're making more fucking belts. That's right, you want shit combined into one title? Fuck you. That's our message. WWE, $9.99 a month. Fuck you. The WWE would like to thank you for transitioning from generation to generation, from superstars to attitude to ruthless aggression to the all-new WWE Fuck You era, available now on the WWE Network. WWE, fuck you.